this has been great so far. So we'll, uh, um, how do you want me to intro you? I've got, you know, I'm sitting with Antone, uh, owner of Bonafide and it's Sunshine Smoothie Truck, right? Or is it Sunshine, Sunshine Juice and Smoothie? Sunshine, shun, yeah, Sunshine Juice and Smoothie Truck. Um, do you want to say anything about, um, cause I, I think Bonafide kind of incorporates the Communal right. kitchen, right? So. Um, we love. I think so many people still don't realize what community kitchen is. Okay. So I'd love to talk about that. Okay. We're so we'll, here at um, at Bonafide, but we jokingly call it World Headquarters. Someday we're going to retire to the Caribbean and open a burrito <laughs> houseboat. Uh, <laughs> they call it World Headquarters. <laughs> yeah, so this is, we, do, we call it World Headquarters. Uh, that's actually it's Google Inn says so yeah. World Headquarters. <laughs> and people will ask, like, do you have other locations? We're like, not yet. We will. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. Today, I'm sitting with owner Antone of Bonafide Food Truck, Sunshine Juice, and Smoothie Truck, um, and we're at their world headquarters um, right off Lauks outside of Sheridan. Um, it's a locally-based food truck. They do catering um, and, and juice and smoothies. Uh, Antone, thanks for letting me come by. Uh, we just did a tour, and we were talking about other things going on. Thanks for uh, letting me come by today. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. We'd love to be able to show people what Bonafide's all about. Yeah. And let's talk about, I think we were just talking about it. Um, you know, this headquarters here, you guys have a communal kitchen and like, what's what, if people don't know, what does that mean for uh, local vendors or local people here in Sheridan? Do you have to have a food truck? You know what? Um, explain how uh, somebody could come use this kitchen. Absolutely. Well, it, it's kind of started. We originally, when we started Bonafide Foods, we had a teeny tiny commissary kitchen and the definition of commissary is actually kind of a military thing where it's like something for everyone um but our little tiny kitchen downtown we started and that's where we would do our production uh, to load the foods onto the food truck and as we started to expand we realized that we needed a much larger space than we were working out of downtown uh brian and i had been looking at this property since we moved to sheridan seven years ago uh the day we were going to interview for our original job that brought us here this property was being put on the market. Um, and at that time, it was way, way, way out of our price range. <laughs> uh, it was listed as a commercial property, and let's just say we didn't have $700,000. <laughs> um, but when the opportunity arose to purchase this property, it had come way down into a reasonable level, and it's a really unusual building. It has a little two-bedroom apartment upstairs. They have this huge shop and this strange chunk of land mm -hmm. and we thought um, and at that time there was conversation on the state level that all mobile vendors would be required to have a commissary kitchen oh. so like in denver idaho montana um, if you own a mobile vending business whatever it is be it a hot dog cart or an ice cream truck you have to have a home-based kitchen that you store your supplies in where you prep your food and you wash your dishes um, those states don't allow fully mobile like Wyoming does. Right. So like our food truck and anybody else you see in town, Wild Tie, Fired Up, Burger Wagon, everybody actually has the capability to wash dishes in their mobile rig. Right. Because it really that's kind of what it comes down to, washing dishes. Mm -hmm. They want to know that you're doing it in a sanitary fashion and not in your garage. Sure. Um, so when we had all this great big space, we were like, okay, obviously it's plenty more than we're going to need. Um, and the popularity of mobile vendors just keeps growing in Sheridan. Uh, I think now we have 12 full-time 
food truckers, depending on the different operations. Uh, and in the summertime, as many as 17 when okay. other guys travel. Right. Uh, so we were like, hey, let's give these people an opportunity in a space where they could have a place to come and do that without having to spend all of the expense that building out a commercial kitchen is. Right. Even a tiny space like our old one downtown cost us 15000 to make sure that you have washable walls and cleanable floors and all of the regulations that go into a commercial kitchen. So when we built this big space, um, because we source lots of local foods from local producers, from jams and jellies, produce, meats, all of those things, we wanted to give everybody an opportunity to have a beautiful kitchen with all of the amenities, every tool that you could think of to be able to produce something on a local foods level right. in a sanitary and inspected space. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how Community Commissary came to be. Uh, our community participated in a huge GoFundMe that helped raise over $20,000, uh, both Sheridan and our our nationwide friends. I think we actually had some donations from Germany too, so worldwide, uh, <laughs> but helped us um, fund the big walk-in refrigerator and freezers, which make uh, enough adequate space for a number of producers. When we have everybody going at one time, we have up to six people that are using the walk-in fridges, freezers, uh, production area, right. so that people can come in and do that. And we love to shout out all of our local producers that use our kitchen. Uh, Max Foster from uh, Fired Up Food Truck, yep. uh, the kids from Daily Grind, uh, Chef Andy with Schwein Barbecue, um, Andrew Price, who has Tammy's Kitchen, Cookies and Baked Goods. And then we have a number of other individual local producers who come use it um, even on just an hourly basis. So you can rent by the hour, by the week, or what we call a full-time producer, which has a monthly fee right. um, to use that. And we often have people ask us, well, how much does that cost for all these things? And the, the cool thing that we did is we set up a sliding scale. So say you're a first beginner um, producer and you just want to start baking these awesome cookies that you make and see how it goes. So we start that person out at an hourly rate and they can find out, is there even a market for the product? Right. Then um, our friends from Daily Grind, Lexi and Mitch, they come in and they only use the facility like three days a month because they come in and they do a whole full day of baking and production for their burritos and their stuff that they make. And then they put it all into the freezer and that's how their program works. So they have a, a part-time thing. Yeah. And then somebody like Maxwell, whom often I'll run into Max at 5.15 in the morning when I come down in my pajamas with my coffee cup in the hand. <laughs> uh, you know, we all have a great intimate working relationship and Max is a full-time producer so he can come in and out whenever he wants, do right. whatever he needs. He's got his dedicated freezer space and dry storage, and it's just a really cool program. So we want more people to know that there is space and availability if you're into producing a local foods product. Right, and it's good to know that, you know, like you said, you can kind of test it out, right? Is it gonna be worth your time? Is it gonna be worth the the effort? And, and then that way you've got a kitchen that uh, we were kind of joking before, you don't want to dirty up your kitchen, at least come here and try it out in a commercial kitchen. and. If it works out, it works out. So that's right. Well, and, and chemistry too. Anybody that's worked in a kitchen will tell you that everyone has their different flow of how they go. And I often tell people, even new employees to our company, come do one day operation. Um, we had a lady, sure. elderly lady, who was going to come and bake cakes, and she was just like, "I love it. It's beautiful, but like I can't concentrate on my recipe book <laughs> because there's." 60 things going on. Right. Um, and she's like, it's not personal. I just can't work like that. Yeah. So we like to give people the opportunity to say, hey, come try it out. 
see if this works for you. And then others, they're like, I could live here. I'm going to come <laughs> sit on your front yard in the flowers and just be. So <laughs> That's awesome. Um, let's kind of go back to how you and Brian kind of ended up here. What was the job that you guys were looking for? Um, and then kind of how did you guys um, kind of stumble into the mobile truck and um, kind of, uh, if anyone doesn't know, kind of tell your guys a story a little bit about coming to Sheridan and um, kind of getting into it. Absolutely. It's an interesting story. Uh, both Brian and I um, came to Sheridan. It's been seven years ago now, which it's amazing how quickly the time goes. Uh, but I have been a personal chef, um, high-level executive chef most of my career. Uh, my parents owned restaurants. My grandmother owned a restaurant. We just sort of transitioned into always being in food service of some mm -hmm. kind. Uh, when Brian and I got married 10 years ago, uh, we were living over in the Jackson Hole area, and we were managing dude ranches and up at Brooks Lake Lodge, which is a historic um, mountain lodge up there. Brian was outfitter, snowmobile guide, right. facilities maintenance. He is um, a jack of all trades, master of many. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, we were living up there, and I had a personal health incident in which living five miles of snowmobile access only uh, nine months out of the year just was no longer feasible. Right. And so I got a hold of my agent that I had worked for for years, and we started looking for caretaking jobs just about anywhere. You know, we were like, I updated our resumes, told her all about Brian's additional skills that not only did I have all my stuff, but now I have this power husband mm -hmm. who we were, you know, could take jobs just about anywhere. And we really were willing at that time to go anywhere. We right. love Wyoming. This had really become our home. We're both avid outdoors people and hunters and fishers. And so we loved Wyoming and the thought of leaving was kind of, you know, tore at your heartstrings a little bit, but we were willing to go just about anywhere. Sure. And we had actually um, taken a job in the Berkshires in Massachusetts for a private family. And we were just days out from flying out to go for our final interview for that job. Um, and I got a call from an Atlanta headhunter who this lady was like, please God, tell me that you have not signed contracts. And I was like, what's, what's the deal? You know? And she goes, um, how interested are you in staying in the Rocky Mountain West? And we were like, well, very, this is our home. We love it here. Yeah. Um, and so she goes, well, I have this job in Sheridan, Wyoming. What do you, what do you know about Sheridan? And we were both like, well, it's that town with the big gold dome thing that we drive by <laughs> on the way to Billings. Um, I really didn't know much about Sheridan. We sure. had never been to the Wild Rodeo. We hadn't ever been downtown. And uh, it was so funny. She's like, well, I'm sort of in a crisis situation. I have this position that I need to fill immediately. It's been really difficult. We had a candidate and they backed out. Uh, she goes, you know, could you go to Sheridan for an interview tomorrow? And it was funny because, of course, she's sitting in a high-rise in downtown Atlanta. And she's like, it looks like about three hours. <laughs> and I said, well, unfortunately, lady, it's over two mountain ranges. Yep. Um, and it's about a six-and-a-half-hour trip, whether you go over or around. Yep. But uh, And we live, like, so far in the middle of nowhere, I can't realistically explain it to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she said, well, could you make it in two days? And we were like, well, sure. We'll, we'll figure it out. So yep. true. Wyoming fashion. We were like, all right, get in the car. Let's go do this thing. Um, we drove to Sheridan, immediately fell in love with downtown. Mm -hmm. uh, funny. So we'd been living up at this remote location lodge. We had no 
interview clothes for like this type of thing. So <laughs> we stop uh, at the boot barn at yep. that time, buy some nice new Western shirts, get ready to go out for this branch job interview. And um, long story short, super fell in love with Sheridan. We were like, we love it. Driving out Big Goose on our way to Cato Ranch, yep. which is where we eventually ended up being at, uh, the lady from Century 21 was putting the sign up for this property that day. Brian was like, that place looks cool. Look at that shop. And we go out. We love the ranch. Yep. Um, the then managers are amazing. They love our skills and qualifications. We spent the night out there. Um, leaving the next day after our interview, um, not a lot of people know, but some, I am a fifth-generation medicine woman in my tribe. I'm an owl medicine woman. And this pair of great horned owls were out at the entrance gates. And they sort of greeted us that morning as we flew out. And Brian looked over at me and he's like, we're taking this job, huh? And <laughs> I was like, yes, just fortuitously, all of the things have fallen into place. Yeah. And uh, it went really fast after that. Sure. I had to call this other agent in the Berkshires and say, hey, I think we're going to take this other job. It is dependent upon, uh, again, a final interview. Uh, I don't know how willing you are to hold for a couple of days, but... These guys are going to fly us to South Carolina yep. in two days. And we, it was wild. We literally went from job interview to moved to Sheridan in a 10-day time. Oh, wow. It was wild. <laughs> uh, lots of stuff transpired, but came to Cato Ranch, did that for about two and a half years. Right. Um, really enjoyed the opportunity to get to know uh, our community. The Catos are tremendously generous um, philanthropists. I was really interested in the farmer's market. I got to know Bonnie Gray-Green, was invited to sit on the local foods board. From there, really got to know our local foods economy really well, who our producers were, what was happening with our farmer's market. And at that point in time, um, it was really just starting to boom. More yep. and more people were looking at wanting to buy local, knowing who their producer was, where is this coming from. And so for me, that really set into my heart of, of loving this local foods community here in Sheridan. Yep. Um, when Brian and I decided to that we were going to transition to something different, uh, I had actually been at a farmer's market conference in Cheyenne. Okay. And Brian had been jokingly, uh, when we were living up at the lodge, he and our good friend Mike Bales, who also now owns a food truck, mm -hmm. used to joke and be watching way too much Food Network TV, <laughs> and they'd be like, someday we're going to have a food truck, and we're going to be the Burger Kings of Wyoming or whatever, you know? <laughs> and I was always just like, ha joke, like you guys have no idea how much work, work this is, you know? Uh, so I'm at this farmer's market conference. Brian's, of course, cruising Craigslist in Denver, and he sees this food truck for sale for this actually it was not a food truck at that point it was just a bread truck right um, but even still those trucks average 6500 to twelve thousand right. dollars buying them in their previous state whether they're a bread truck or a fedex truck or whatever they are you still have a considerable amount of value and this one was like way undervalued listing mm -hmm. and so i said to him babe if it's too good to be true like it's too good to be true you know and he goes well, we can at least go check it out. Like, you know, let's go see. So I ditch off on the last two hours of my farmer's market conference, <laughs> and we drive down to Denver, Yep. and we meet this super nice gentleman who actually now is one of Colorado, Denver's biggest food truck builders. He owns a company now called Mile High Food Trucks. Okay. But at the time, he had just been getting into buying fleets of trucks at auction. Right. 
So he had bought these eight bread trucks for dirt cheap yep. at this auction. And he's like, hey, mobile vending's really taking off. I'm going to sell these. And he really didn't even know what he was selling them for. He was still making a good profit because he bought them dirt cheap. Right. And when he sold it for 4500 bucks, he thought he was doing good. Later, <laughs> when we told him that he could have sold it for 8500 bucks, I think he probably kicked himself a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he has since then figured it out. Yes. Uh, but we were just like, worst case scenario, even if this truck doesn't run, like we could afford to put a new engine and a new transmission in it at this price. Right. So we buy it. We're like, here you go, man. Happen to have $1,000 in cash in my pocket. I said, I, I don't know what we're going to do from here, but... Here's my good effort. Mm -hmm. We're going to go back home to Sheridan. Uh, we're going to talk about how we're going to make this work. And I'll be back in two weeks. We put it all together. Uh, Brian drove down to Denver. We, we went to go pick this truck up. It was almost Thanksgiving. So it always seems like fall is our transition time. Right. From buying the <laughs> truck to purchasing this property to, for whatever reason, fall is always when the new opportunity presents itself. Sure. And uh, we drove down to Denver. And, of course, it's literally first whiteout blizzard of fall yeah if anybody knows what the weather is like from denver to wheatland <laughs> if you're driving an empty box truck with no heater this is not where you want to be oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we would brian would go all the way over to the fast lane rumble strips and the wind would blow him over oh, to the other man. side rumble strips and that's how we went home the whole way <laughs> it was wild we got back to sheridan and asked brian are you sure you want to be a food trucker he was like oh <laughs> he's still doing it he's still doing it and, he's, and he is the master driver Brian is what drives Mary down the road everybody else I will occasionally drive it in town but I'm not taking her out of the freeway yeah absolutely <laughs> um, so yeah we had originally intended to buy the truck put it in storage for a year work on it slowly while we transition from our position to the next thing and just sort of find the right opportunity mm -hmm. um, different things happened in our personal and family life in which an opportunity presented itself for us to be able to afford to do the truck sooner than we had expected. Um, my mom was having some health issues that uh, could have potentially been fatal. And so she was like, Hey kids, if I'm going to kick the bucket, I want to see you. I want to see my children realize their dreams now. And so uh, she took a little bit of a nest egg and helped each one of her three kids do something. So Brian oh. and I, it was the catalyst to say, here's the opportunity we're just going to, to do this. Yep. And so like we do with everything, we just jumped in with both feet saying we didn't have the $25,000 that we needed to launch this truck, to right. start the business. Um, so we went and saw, and at that time, I didn't know him, but I had been introduced to Justin West at First Northern Bank as, quote unquote, the rebel banker of the West. Like, <laughs> if you have some crazy idea in which you're not sure that your big name banks are going to want to take the risk on you... Um, go see Justin. He's going to base his opinion on what type of person are you? What are your, what's your reputation in the community? And he literally did call our friends and associates that we had made here in Sheridan and say, do you think these two can make this food truck thing happen? <laughs> and without fail, everybody was like, hell yeah, yep. these guys are going to do it, you know? <laughs> um, and so that spring, we literally sold every single thing we owned down to it started with hey we're gonna put this in storage and we're gonna do this and pretty soon once you start purging you're just like okay we're gonna we're gonna get rid of it all and short of the guns and the jewelry and the tools uh <laughs> if it didn't fit into a fifth wheel camper we didn't own it anymore yep uh so took all that nest egg went to our family farm in south dakota helped do a couple of major 
knockdown remodeling demo projects sure. uh, to get the rest of the nest egg that we needed to just pay for the build out of the food truck. And again, most people start with a giant cushion. Here's our 10 grand that we're going to operate off of. Right. Uh, I think the day that we opened the food truck, Ryan and I had $1,280 in our checking account. And it was like, it's going to sink or swim. Yep. And here we are going on four years later, you know, three and a half, almost four years of operations. Um, and it's been wildly successful. Yeah. Sheridan has been phenomenal and we've just continued to grow every year. So. And you've got the second truck, you've got the, you know, the kitchen now where you can have different, the community, like you said, has just grown and, um, that's awesome. That's a wonderful story. Um, and if anyone doesn't know, drive out to the, don't go into the ranch, but drive out to that entrance of Cato Ranch. And I'm just picturing that when you guys are leaving, cause that's a, what a view of Bighorn Mountains. Um, so anyways, just if anyone's out there on those country roads, go see the entrance of the Cato Ranch. And I mean, it's um, phenomenal. There's yeah. a there's a grand old cottonwood tree, the view of the mountains and the her historic rodeo grounds out there. Yep. And the pillars are just so stoic and simple and they have a nice big plaque on them that say the home of the historic PK Ranch. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's now Cato and it was such a great place to be introduced to Sheridan. Yeah. Cuz it's just the heart of so much history of this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm just picturing that you're, you know, leaving that interview and then that happens and you're like, yeah, this is where we're going to be. This is uh so anyways, I just had to say that for a plug there for people to go out there. If you haven't been out to that part of Sheridan, um, we've kind of talked on this a little bit before. Um, you know, obviously this is on everyone's mind, um, especially for restaurants and food service. Um, let's kind of go first, those first four years, you know, obviously taking the risk and just jumping into it. But what are some other obstacles that people may not know about um, just mobile food truck and services? And um, we kind of talked about like, you know, cleaning, you know, that's the biggest thing in Wyoming. Luckily, you can say luckily or not, but, you know, it doesn't put that requirement on mobile vendors to have uh, a, 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 a place, right? Um, yeah, you don't have to have a brick and mortar. Right. You can operate your full food service out of your mobile kitchen so long as it meets all the... Mm -hmm. Uh, health and safety standards. Right. What are some other things that people may not be aware of, of some struggles with, a, uh, you know? Well, of course, you know, being in Wyoming, and we're getting ready to enter that season ourselves, the, the regular question at the truck is lately, how long will you guys stay open? Mm -hmm. um, we stay open as long as the weather allows, uh, but you are rolling a mobile metal box of a kitchen. Um, when it's 13 degrees outside, it's colder than 13 degrees in that truck because the windows are open, the hood system's on, it's pulling freezing cold air through there. Uh, your water lines can freeze. Your propane tank lines freeze up. Uh, you know, in the midst of the summer, it's also 120 degrees in there right. because the little AC on the top does nothing. <laughs> the hood system's pulling it out. You're running a fryer and a charcoaler and your refrigerators are putting off heat. Um, everything about mobile vending in a rolling kitchen is difficult. Uh, TV has a tendency to make it look really glamorous. I mean, everybody's watching great food truck race or this other thing, but the fact that your kitchen is mobile, uh, we've had the crisis accidents. Uh, poor little Aubrey last week had her first incident in Sunshine. Um, you forget to lock the refrigerator doors and you take a hard right turn and all of a sudden, you know, she's driving and I see her dip off to the right. She's pulled over the side of the road. I opened the back door and poor little thing, all of her fruit had flown out yep. of the fridge, dumped onto the floor. Here you have one 
$300 worth of inventory that's now trash. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got fruit juice. <laughs> it's just like, <sighs> okay, yeah. start over. So you send one person back to commissary to reload all the inventory. Other person is helping clean stuff up. Mm -hmm. Just the challenges of things being mobile, rolling. Yeah. Uh, knowing that you have to make sure that everything has a spot and that it's secure. Your cups, boxes, stuff is tied down. Brian was once rolling up to an event um, out at the Brenton. And if anybody's ever been to that the event tent up yeah. on the hill, uh, that's a real steep hill to get up there. And uh, at one point, we were going up. And the weight of the food truck was too great, and the truck started rolling backwards oh, no. down the hill. So, like, here he is at this 45-degree angle. He's sliding down this hill, <laughs> and all of a sudden I see boxes go flying out the driver's side window because, of course, they're coming off the shelf above him, which they're normally not stored at that level. Yep. It was interesting. I actually <laughs> caught him uh, with our old truck. I had a big, giant baby basher around the front. And so Brian's like, Anto, Anto. So I drove our Ford behind the food truck, catching it on the propane steel tank. So we're like, <laughs> let's see, let's not smash the 100-gallon bottle of propane. Yeah. Um, but push the food truck Over up the, the hill with the other truck. <laughs> it's always an adventure in food truck. Yes. Um, oh, that's funny. And I was just about to ask if you had so many uh, funny stories, and I think you just got a couple right there. <laughs> um, you know, and then so kind of – Relaying that in, you know, what has been the biggest challenge for you guys? Um, we kind of talked about it off air with COVID this summer. And, you know, we already talked about it. You know, one thing you guys do is events, you know, special events. And so kind of talk a little bit about that impact it's had on you guys. And, um, you know, um, have those events maybe rescheduled? Is it looking like fall might be, you know, um, I'm not going to say you're going to cover all that in the fall, but because of winter, but um, in the weather, but, uh, you know, um, how's that been a struggle with you guys? And Well, we often tell people, um, you know, one of the things, mobile vending, like I super admire our friends that run Wyatt Time and Hetty's. Like there are people who are majoritively food truckers. That's where the basis of their business model comes from. Sure. Um, our business model, I always joke with people that the food truck is just a great front for an even better catering company. I have always specialized in large-scale special events, catering, private chefing, those type of things. And for us, that's where the majority of our revenue comes from. Um, so far this year, we're down over 260000 in canceled special events. Right. Uh, weeks like Wild Rodeo and Back to School Picnic and a lot of the volume which is where your profitability comes from. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, serving 80 people a day on the food truck versus a single day of serving 800 has a huge balance on the scale. Right. Um, and so it has definitely been difficult to imagine where that recovery is going to come from. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the real world of things, even if everybody and their brother was to have a normal Christmas party season, uh, which we're not expecting, um, right. you just flat out won't recover that. So you say, hey, instead of being at that record-breaking revenue year that we had hoped for, you just say, at least we're not deep, deep, deep in the red, you know? Right. Uh, Brian has been doing construction and other projects to help carry our overhead. Uh, you try and reach out to as many events as you can. And we are luckily starting to see um, the return of smaller scale catered events. Yep. Um, but of course they all have new regulations. We used to really enjoy 
setting up big, beautiful buffets and grazing tables where people were free to help themselves. And of course, now with COVID, it's a completely different situation. You're either doing individually portioned items when people are grabbing their own, they're not touching anything else, you're serving something. Um, it's just really changed the entire landscape of how private events look like that. Right. So helping your client transition from what they had originally envisioned to what we can now um, provide within the restrictions and safety measures for people. It's been a really educating and eye-opening process to just not only for us learn a different mode of doing it, but to also educate our client on, Sure. I know you'd love to do this, but if you're hosting a birthday party for a 70-year-old, you probably need to make sure that we're putting all of these um, things into place for safety measures for, right. for people. So uh, it's been interesting to grow and transition through that. We're just really hopeful that maybe by next spring, summer, we'll return to uh, how things quote unquote used to be, or at least the new normal uh, will have shifted to a model that we can um, work with on a profitability level and that our community can enjoy. So, yeah. uh, you know, things like not having third Thursday and not having food trucks at farmer's market and yeah. all of the gatherings that our community is really accustomed to for being able to go out and promote your mobile vendors uh, has been difficult for everybody. For sure. Um, let's kind of, uh, you know, to finish up, um, do you have any upcoming events that you want to plug? Um, you know, and, and it could be like in the winter or maybe in the spring. Um, you know, are, is there anything that Bonafide's going to be at? Um, I'm trying to think, I think this Saturday is Oktoberfest, but I don't know if, I don't think they usually have any food trucks there, but. No, and they're not. So interestingly enough, there are not a tremendous amount of events happening this fall. There's, there was not like the end of season fall fest for farmer's market or, or any of those things because of, uh, you know, sort of COVID regulations still, but our calendar is opening up for um, private companies to book your holiday parties. And then we're always looking at pivoting and shifting um, with COVID in the beginning. We were doing some delivery. We offered some bulk grocery shopping opportunities. Uh, so we are going to be planning the launch of, uh, for Sunshine Juice and Smoothie, we're going to be having a, a membership program where you'll be able to pay a monthly fee and have a certain number of juice program or smoothies for yourself for pickup or delivery. Uh, Bonafide is... Uh, going to be offering delivery again and we're researching we've been doing some market research with people on what type of um, pickup meals that you would want to do for your family so offering like three meals a week where you can either get all three and come pick them up and put them in the freezer or have a set day of the week where you're going to come on uh, Monday Wednesday Friday and, and pick up a meal of the week we haven't sort of decided exactly how that's going to go yet but we've had a lot of requests from people to have our foods in that fashion. Yeah. Frozen burritos, just again, constantly shifting and pivoting with what is the demand of the community and how can we best serve people's desire for local right. food. That's a, I was just thinking, you know, a great, um, that is a great idea for people that start getting busy in the winter time that don't want to cook um, or go out. Um, and maybe even like, uh, um, this would be a good plug for people that maybe have family members in nursing homes that you can't see. This is a good way of you know, bringing them food, but you can't see them. But, um, so that's wonderful. That's great. Um, what are your guys just so everyone, um, you know, they're, they'll listen to it this week. So kind of whatever your guys's current hours are right now. Um, I have no sunshine's usually at, uh, the Wendy's that parking lot right there pretty much every day of the week. Um, you know, bonafide, um, let's see taco Tuesday, 
Um, is that usually what's so we're actually getting ready to this week is it's kind of exciting and fun that you asked that because this week is a transition week. So last week was Taco Tuesday and um, it's starting to slow down on that same the fall thing. So um, we may have one more Taco Tuesday of this fall season, uh, which would be next week. That would be that would be coming up. But this week, starting tomorrow, um, Bonafide is also going to be being open Tuesday through Friday. So we're expanding um, an extra day of the week. We'll be open for breakfast and lunch from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, at our uh, caffeine location, which is 1251 Caffeine between Plains Tire uh, and the Wendy's there in the parking lot. Um, currently, Sunshine will be there during that time frame. We have been reaching out to some of our local gyms, and we're trying to um, find a time and a space to be able to get Sunshine Juice and Smoothie out to sort of where our fitness and health people are at. So potentially an early morning stop at Pure Energy um, in a certain time frame, maybe over at the CrossFit gym. We're really trying to figure out how to cram in somewhere over at the Y. Um, so you can expect to see some new transitional hours coming up for Sunshine with different locations and expanded hours for Bonafide um, there at the Caffeine location. Uh, and again, vending as long as we can. Traditionally, with decent weather, winter weather, mm -hmm. um, we have generally vended pretty close to Christmas. It really just depends on yep. how long it is before we start getting the big <laughs> blizzardy weather. Uh, so we just really encourage everybody to come on out. Please visit us at our location. Also, go visit your other mobile vendors. Uh, it's certainly a lot more effort goes into rolling those trucks out on the street every day, especially when the weather is not optimal. Um, and so we love for all of our local mobile vendors and ourselves to be visited by our fabulous shared and general public. Absolutely. Um, one last thing. Um, I kind of I maybe should have brought this up before. Do you want to do, um, I was thinking what would be a really cool promotion for you guys is uh, maybe we'll do a little trivia question. Like, uh, so if someone has to listen all the way through here and I'll have a, maybe like a $50 gift card to Bonafide and they have to, uh, uh, answer the trivia question. How's that? A cool, a cool thing comes to mind right now because <laughs> I know that I happen to have mentioned it during this conversation. So if they were really listening, they would know. <laughs> that sounds great. Let's do it. Perfect. What's the, uh, um, What's the question then? Or maybe we'll maybe we'll do it off air. Then that way we'll do it off air, and you can we'll post it on your next yeah. one. We'll post yeah. it up there and, and give people an idea of a chance to listen Perfect. Uh, for that opportunity. Well, Anton, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners? Um, you know, I I will encourage everybody. Um, you know, go to the Taco Tuesday. That's super fun at Luminous. Um, you know, go check out the smoothie truck, um, especially if you are fitness. You know, they've got a pre workout, post workout, um, and then you know, sadly, I finally had a burrito last week and I was like, why have I not had this before? Um, so now like I'm hooked. So it's like, if you guys haven't had any of their food, you're missing out and you better get on it. Uh, ASAP. So. Yeah. Please come down and see us. You guys, as the seasons change, we're always introducing, um, something that is a seasonal menu. So be it our soups, um, this week's special on the truck is going to be just so fall weather. This is what I love. We've got, um, a cheesy mac and cheese and chili bowl. Uh, some nice local bread from one of our local producers. So, you know, if you're looking to carb load and get some of that great local protein with the Truly Beef, come get a cheesy uh, chili bowl at the food truck this week. Sunshine Juice and Smoothie, we love for you guys to come. It's been kind of slowing down with the chilling of the weather. So we want people to know that this is not just a uh, warm weather opportunity. We do make sure that everything that we're crafting our juices and smoothies with is local, fresh, organic, nutritionally dense, really health oriented for you to be able to come and get that liquid nutrition and delicious satisfaction. Mm -hmm. 
I would I would plug two. Last thing on that one is vegan too. I think you have a lot of vegan options um, and plant based. I should say uh, vegan plant based. But um, so if anyone's you know because um, I know for plant based diets it's very hard to get those dense uh, nutrients um, in that diet. So absolutely, come see us. We love it. Perfect. Well, thanks, Anton. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening, everyone.